Here we go. Final episode before 49ers Eagles on Sunday. We're talking keys to victory. The stage is set for Brock Purdy to show the world what the 49ers were missing in the NFC championship game. All that and more coming at you right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. How much sleep do you get per night, Croc? Did you hear that Nick Bosa gets 10 and a half hours a night of sleep? Almost as many eggs are in his omelet in the morning as well for, for Nick Bosa. So lots of eggs, lots of veggies, lots of working out, and then lots of sleep. Uh, that's the uh, that's the 10% body fat recipe, apparently, Croc. Uh, where are you at on your fitness journey, and are you getting your 10 and a half every night? Definitely not getting 10 and a half hours of sleep. I I do think I get good sleep and I've never required a ton of sleep, but when I fall asleep, I am out. So if I sleep five hours, eight hours, nine hours, no matter what, it's always the same sleep. Knocked out cold. When I wake up, feel refreshed. A lot of folks jumping in the chat. We've got some Eagles hate in the chat already. (laughs) There's a lot. I mean, this is, this week has been a lot for a, for a Sunday game. I think we jumped into like pregame mode earlier this week, Croc, than we maybe ever have on this podcast. It wasn't like, let's talk more about the Thursday Thanksgiving game because we talked about it right after rapid react style. And that was it because Monday morning it was like, or Sunday actually, it was like, we're looking to next Sunday. It's it's Eagles week. Everyone's hyped for it. The players are hyped. They're talking smack. Um, the the fans are are talking even more trash than the uh, than the players are. So this is going to be a lot of fun this week. And for me, who uh, can't sleep at all and doesn't get close to 10 and a half, I would have to take sleeping pills to go to bed, then wake up halfway through, take another sleeping pill to try to go back to sleep to get through the 10 and a half hours. That, that's probably what I would try to have to do. And I don't know if I would feel good after 10 and a half hours of sleep, by the way. I don't even know how you get 10 and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> I don't, I don't ex- exert enough en- energy to need 10 and a half hours of sleep, probably. So, um but uh, looking ahead to this game, Croc, I want to start with Brock Purdy. Uh, we've talked this week about how, you know, this is potentially the winner of this game has the MVP of the NFL and, and, you know, obviously the NFC one seed as well, especially locked up if it's the Philadelphia Eagles that win this game. But I really do think there's a high likelihood chance that this game, which is borderline primetime game, because everybody in the country except two markets are going to get the 49ers and Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Um you don't have to have a subscription for it, right? It's You can put up the rabbit ears and get this game on Fox if you want to. So this is going to be on everyone's TV. This is uh, two of the best teams in the NFL playing uh, with, with all eyes on them. And this is uh, – look, Brock Purdy's played on big stages. He's won playoff games. The 49ers tore apart the, the Cowboys this year. They've won primetime games. But this is the biggest one, I think. And he has an opportunity to show the world – who he is, who the guy that we've all seen, the 49ers fans, the Kyle Shanahan, the George Kittle, that his teammates already know who he is. Some people don't believe it, Croc, 
And the 49ers told everybody that if they had Brock Purdy in January, they would have won that football game. So now's the opportunity for all of those players on the 49ers roster to show that and rally around their quarterback. And it's Brock Purdy now on this stage that has the opportunity to show everybody what they missed in that game. And if he comes out of this on top and he dices up the Philadelphia Eagles, we're talking about MVP, legit MVP candidate, maybe even MVP front runner after week 13, Brock. No, watching Brock Purdy throughout this year, watch him in the postseason last year as well. Uh, it doesn't feel like the pressure of the moment gets to him as far as leading up to the game. Now, again, we, we could talk about kind of some late game things where we like to see things go a little, you know, a different way and maybe kind of crumble a little bit under that pressure. But as far as being prepared for a game and when it starts, how I feel about, you know, Brock and what he looks like, like, you know, he seems ready to go every single time. You know, last year in Seattle playing on Thursday night football, I felt like, okay, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he's banged up. He's hurt a little bit. This is like his real first time, prime time game start. What is he going to look like? It's like, look like Brock, you know? And since then, I feel like every single game when I watch him is just, he doesn't seem like all oh, wide eyed or anything. It's just, I'm ready for this moment. I'm ready for people to see, you know, what I can do. And maybe that's him having a chip on his shoulder, but, or his, his faith in the Lord. But he just always seems ready to go. So uh, when they go out there and take on Philly this Sunday, I-, I can count on him really just being dialed in and ready to go. And if things don't go his way, it won't be because the moment was too big. It might be, you know, the elements, the rain. The, the, uh, last I checked, which was a few days ago, 65% chance of rain uh, Sunday. That could kind of, you know, make things get a little weird. But as far as him just being ready for the game, I have no doubt. Kyle Shanahan spoke about the the rain stuff, and he was in, in classic Kyle Shanahan fa- fashion. You know, you can kind of guess what he said about it. It was uh, it was somewhat similar to this. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive. Someday. <laughs> it was basically like um, I don't know. People don't quarterbacks don't like throwing wet footballs. <laughs> I, was like, I wanted to hear him say, "Man, we're squirting the ball before every snap out there in practice." Uh, and he's like, I don't know, you can't really practice for it. Both quarterbacks will be playing with it. Nobody likes quarterbacks don't like throwing in the rain. Like, oh. All right. Uh, I, I think it's a key to victory for rain not to come down, Croc. I think it's a huge advantage for the Eagles if it is raining because they've they just played in it. They've been practicing in Philadelphia all week. They just played an entire football game plus an extra quarter of overtime in the rain. Like they are it was playing. heavy rain. Yeah, and they're practicing. Not the not the Chicago Bears week one 49ers rain. Not it wasn't that, not but it was a, a continuous just rain throughout this game. So, you know, some games we've seen 49ers uh start some games, even with Brock Purdy, where maybe kind of you know, you see like some light, light rain a little bit in the first quarter, or maybe it rained a little bit before, but you know, kind of is either up and down or it's like, oh no, it's fine now. Uh, but that game last week, it was raining throughout the game, and I thought, for the most part, especially second half, Philly handled it very well. Both those quarterbacks threw it fine, so Jalen Hurts passed that test throwing in, in that rain, and so um, there are some advantages for the 49ers in this game. I don't think the elements will be one, and not only are the 49ers favored in this game, and that line's climbed up to two and a half points at la- last I looked. I haven't looked today if that's changed anymore. I have a feeling some late money's going to come in on the Eagles, and that number's going to come down a little bit again. Um but the 
The Eagles, speaking of uh, one of my favorite images I've seen uh, recently, which was the the Brocky Balboa, where where Brock Purdy is photoshopped in as, as Rocky Balboa, um, you know, fitting for the Eagles week. And I think it came about last year before they played the Eagles. And Nick Sirianni, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, was speaking to reporters this week, and he was basically using that um, that Vegas line, the betting lines against the Niners, trying to use that as like a chip on their shoulder, like, oh, we're the underdogs. And he was talking about how that, that makes us feel like we're Rocky Balboa. So he was trying to unite them under the Philly uh, Rocky Balboa thing. And it's like, we're underdogs in this game. And it's like, it's insane to, to, you know, to hear a coach of a 10 and one team talk about how they're underdogs and trying to manufacture some disrespect to get his guys going in this game. I, I just thought that was funny. And, but I still don't think I, I still, I still do think it's a, a, a goofy line that, that a team is favorite. It should be a straight pick them to me on Sunday. So I listened to a coward, uh, Colin Cowherd take and and not this one. We'll, we'll talk about this in a second. The hat backwards thing with Brock Purdy, which okay, no, I'll I'll, I'll address this first. Did you hear Colin this? Cowherd, you said what? Did you hear this one as well? The yes. hat thing. I didn't hear it. Someone's like, "Oh, I can't believe Colin Cowherd said this thing," and I'm like, "Dude, that's why I'm not listening to those programs. That's why we got a a 24 seven live stream locked on sports today. Go check it out on YouTube, so you don't have to listen to the talking heads that that love to throw out weird takes. But I want to hear your take on it since you actually heard it. Yeah, Colin Cowherd has been big on this for a while. Like, this isn't an attack on Brock Purdy. He has always been like, hey, when the quarterback is at the podium and they're talking to people like, I want my quarterback to conduct himself a certain way. And he's never been a fan of the quarterback stepping up there hat backwards. He's like, you have your hat on, it's either forward or you present yourself a certain way. CEO type of guy, like that's been his thing. And he's, he doesn't correlate wearing your hat backwards with a CEO. So uh, that's not an attack on Brock. Like that has been his thing with any quarterback that has stepped up to the podium wearing their hat backwards. So, but now it's just, it just happened to be Brock <laughs> this time. And obviously the 49ers, large fan base, they get a hold of that, that take and they're like, oh, why does he hate Brock Purdy? He's like, I don't think it's a personal attack on him. This is how he's always been with this quarterback. So that, and then he showed a, a picture of Jalen Hurts and he's like franchise quarterback, just the way he answers questions, the way he conducts himself, like CEO. And I will say, if you've ever listened to Jalen Hurts talk to the media, it is very like, yeah, uh, that's yeah, like I want leading my team. Like you, you do get those yeah. vibes when he's yeah. talking. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hurts is, is CEO vibes for sure. Yeah. So that's the, that's the hat backwards thing with him. It, but if you listen to other things and that's, you know, they do that with us, right? Like they'll listen to one thing and then say, just make it, Oh, look at what Croc said this. You said this Croc or Peacock, you hate running backs, right? Like they'll, they'll take one thing you say and then run with that. But if you listen to other things that Colin Cowherd said, talking about this game specifically, or just these two teams, he is very high on the 49ers. Thinks the 49ers are a Super Bowl caliber team, a team that can win the Super Bowl. He does not believe the Eagles to be that team. Says teams, that win as many close games as they have. If you look back over the years, like the, the teams with the most one-score wins or whatever, don't do well in the postseason. They just don't. Like, that's what history shows. And he went back and he talked about over the last five, six years or whatever it was, and those teams get bounced out immediately as opposed to the teams that win and what he said was flex on teams, the 49ers, uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, the – Kansas City Chiefs, like teams that have the ability to just blow out teams and do that often, those teams just go further in the playoffs. So that's not to say that the Eagles can't do it. We saw them last year, but last year they probably had a bunch of blowout wins. This year, everything is super tight. 
uh, going into overtime against teams like Washington Commanders. So when you hear them say that, hey, the 49ers are favored in this game, maybe people are looking at the line like, well, they're bound to kick somebody's ass. And maybe that's why they're rolling in the Philadelphia favor. Ooh, we'll see if that happens on Sunday. Uh, next, I want to talk about a certain tight end that has been waived. Is he a fit for the 49ers? We're going to make our predictions more keys to victory as well. Sunday next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, maybe a little rainy, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. For example, you bet on those San Francisco 49ers uh, to win money line uh, at the Philadelphia Eagles. Boom, $150 if the Niners win. And you can use that extra $150 in bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, NFL games galore, off-season NFL things like uh, NFL draft props, and you know which coach is going to get fired next. And build your own parlays, of course, at FanDuel, which is one of my fun, one of my favorite things to do when it pertains to uh, FanDuel. And, of course, when we ever talk about odds on this podcast, we're bringing up FanDuel odds. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than FanDuel right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. 150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, Croc. Uh, as the uh, the chat starts to fill up here a little bit, um, what did dang it, there was one. It made me laugh a minute ago, and uh, now I forget. Oh, here we go. Bobo. Uh, Bobo said, uh, key to victory is we need Tyler Croft and Josh Johnson to have a big game. Neither of them are on the roster uh, in week 13 of 2023 like they were in uh, in January of 2023. So uh, we don't have to worry about Tyler Croft. We don't have to worry about Josh Johnson. But I do hope we don't have to see a whole bunch of Charlie Warner blocking guys one-on-one. I hope we don't have to see a, a whole bunch of Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen in this game, right? Uh, it, it's it's big time Brock Purdy game, uh, and that's my number one key to victory. And I talked about it a lot this week. We talked about the MVP stuff. Uh, I talked with Louie on the crossover episode yesterday. Croc, you weren't there. And to me, if you gave me Brock's stat line, I'll tell you who's going to win this game because I think there's an opportunity for the 49ers to throw the ball. I think there's an opportunity for uh, – for Brock Purdy to really shine in this game, especially if it's not rainy. I think that Philadelphia Eagles are going to do everything they can to try to stop the run and put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands. So this is a Brock Purdy game, which means it's probably going to be an Iuka Debo game as well. And we saw earlier this year against the Kansas City Chiefs what new safety Kevin Byard meant for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. And that means maybe a little bit less of George Kittle too in this game. Uh, he did a really good job on on Travis Kelsey. So um, to me, this is going to be a Devo, IU, Brock Purdy game for the 49ers, and they have an opportunity to show some stuff. You, you talked about the run game and kind of loading up against that, right? Like both of these teams actually defend the run extremely well. They're both top five in that category. Where these teams differ is against the pass. The 49ers are actually significantly better than the Philadelphia Eagles as far as pass defense goes. All right, now, typically we would say, well, you know, Eagles, they won a lot of games. They're up, and teams have to throw their way back into games. There's just a lot of garbage yards. But that should actually be the same for the 49ers because, again, the Philadelphia Eagles have a ton of one-score games. So you kind of can you get to continue to play more of an honest style of football. Like, if if it's within one, one score, 
than our, we can still run our offense. We can still run the ball. 49ers are blowing teams out. Teams have no option but to throw the ball. And even then, the 49ers are still defending the pass very well. So you can't run on the 49ers. And even passing, they do a really good job of uh, defending the pass there. You talked about the key to victory and Brandon Ayuk. You know, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, those guys having a big game, you might have your best game against a team that's 29th against the pass. So uh, can you figure out different ways to attack these guys? I actually saw a stat last week that made me play um, uh, Shakur, the receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. I ended up playing him on my, uh, what is it, uh, not FanDuel, but uh, uh, prize picks. And he went over his yardage. Why did I pick him? Because the Philadelphia Eagles are the worst team in the NFL against slot receivers. They give it the most fantasy points against re- slot receivers and the most fantasy points against receivers in general. So uh, this potentially can be a Debo, Kittle, and IU game if the weather uh, you know, presents to be good for them. But even then, does Kyle Shanahan want to play that style of football? And, and that's always been my pushback. He wants to really run the ball or at least run the ball to set the pass. And he's going to he's gonna try to run the ball. He's not just going to say, ah, they're probably going to be good at that, so let's not go there. He'll, he's going to have some options. He's going to have uh, – Debo Samuel touches the ball on the on the first series of the game every single every single game. Like he's gonna get the ball, he's gonna get involved early. But there's gonna be they're gonna try to get the running game going because if you can get that going, especially if it's a little bit wet out there, then Kyle's gonna absolutely do that. So there's there's no abandoning the run happening for the 49ers unless they get down big, and then that's a bad scenario for the 49ers with that pass rush. And I think uh, kind of if you're looking at the at the numbers on offensive lines, it's kind of the same. For, but opposite for the 49ers and the Eagles. The Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Aside from Trent Williams, the 49ers, uh, and even with Trent Williams, the 49ers ranked, I think, 24th in the league on the offensive line. And there's an, a, a funny graph. Every, <laughs> I love how there, there's like a, a proliferation of, of these graphs now, and a lot of them are, are quarterback-related, and it shows, yeah, and there, there was a really good one we showed on the podcast a couple weeks ago about Brandon Ayuk, and it's like separation, like Brandon Ayuk's, Brandon Ayuk's all by himself. And... Kyle Shanahan is a master at getting his players all by themselves in one quadrant of these graphs. And Brock Purdy, every time I see a Brock Purdy graph, he's by himself, upper right corner, all by himself. This one, he's all by himself up in the left corner because it's um, it's basically time to throw. How, how much how, uh, throwing out of a clean pocket? He throws it out of a clean pocket less than anybody in the league. And how good do you throw out of a clean pocket? Better than anybody in the league, right? So it's just like he's always by himself, uh, a unicorn. In these quadrants, he truly is a, a, a unique player. Brock Purdy is in. Uh, I can't wait to see him play in this game. But if the 49ers, if it is close or the 49ers are down, we've been asking the question, you know, talking about the 49ers throw their way back in a, in a game. That's going to be huge. And can you pass protect in that case when you do become one dimensional, if you do become one one dimensional with that defensive line of the Eagles against the 49ers offensive line. So that'd be a question. So that's a, that's a big key for the 49ers is scoring first and not allowing themselves to become one dimensional. I definitely saw that graphic that you're talking about, and I didn't engage in the conversation or anything on it on social media, but we did just touch on this. I don't think Brock needs to play from a clean pocket to be effective in a game. Not at all. I think his strength is 90% of the time playing on time, timing and rhythm, and being accurate. Like, like that's his strength. So if you can do those things, and we've seen this with the 49ers, you can, you can, we saw this with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you just play, trust the system. If you trust what Kyle Shanahan is telling you, what is going to be there? 
you don't have to have the best protection. Now, I'm not saying that having better protection wouldn't help him, but I just, it feels like, and it looks like there's this element of his game and Jimmy's game that mirrored what Kyle Shanahan is thinking, how he sees it. And hey, you can have somebody running at you clean, but the answer is there. So just let it rip. Trust the guy's going to be there. And more times than not, the guy is there and open. So I can see how you can get a graphic like that where it's just like, man, this guy doesn't have great protection. He's not throwing from clean pockets. But if he just says, forget the pocket. I'm just going to trust what Kyle's telling me. More times than not, you're going to be right. In a lot of those graphs too, what I think of is this is a Kyle Shanahan graph. This isn't an ex-player graph because we the, the, we always saw this too with Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember, it's like, oh, EPA per play. Look how good he is per in the league. Look at, at yards per attempt. Jimmy Garoppolo's tops in the league, right? Uh, and and Brock Purdy's taking that into a new level with what he's doing in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So it all works together. It's a it's complimentary with the play caller what he's able to do we're seeing what mike mcdaniel's doing as well with that scheme in in miami doing it his own way and creating opportunities for his players it's helping your quarterback play up it's helping the playmakers play up it's getting guys more wide open it's more yak yardage uh and it all works together so when when i see those graphs and i see someone all by themselves the player is a big part of it but it's just an entire offense stat especially those those epa per play all right Next crock, Zach Ertz, is he a fit for the San Francisco 49ers? Or actually, will he end up on the other side, the Philadelphia Eagles, by the time this game gets going on Sunday after being waived by the Arizona Cardinals? We'll make our quick predictions as well next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Get $20 off your first purchase by using code LOCKEDONNFL. A little bit more on that. And uh, crock, you know about Blippy? You a blippy guy? No. Or are your children blippy? <laughs> blippy gals? Because <laughs> uh, my son loves blippy. Uh, it's a kid's thing. And went on game time, found some tickets, got a great price. And I might be going to blippy. My son will be stoked. I won't be as stoked to go to this, but uh, might be seeing blippy. You can find that at game time, as well as all the sporting event tickets that you need. Last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee from game time that takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It shouldn't be a pain and a hassle to buy tickets. Game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, comedy, music, theater events near you. And yeah, even blippy download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time terms apply again, create an account, redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Shout-out to our guy, Jason Aponte, Croc. He collected some stats on the Philadelphia Eagles defensive backs, and I referenced these earlier on in the week, and I just want to run them by you because I want your opinion on who – because I think uh, the the 49ers secondary is a little no-name, especially without Talano Hufanga, and I think some people would say, oh, Bradbury, Slay, uh, the, the Eagles have a better secondary. Darius Slay, 499 coverage snaps this year. He's allowed 45 receptions on 69 targets. That's 65.2% reception percentage. Uh, 511 yards allowed, five pass breakups, two interceptions, two touchdowns allowed, and an 84.9 passer rating allowed in his coverage when targeted. James Bradbury, 100.9 NFL passer rating allowed when targeted. Brock Purdy? Number one passer rating in the league. I think there there could be some feasting happening on the outside. This is one of the reasons why I believe this is going to be a Brock Purdy, Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk game, potentially. 
Uh, 37 receptions allowed on 69 targets. It's 53.6% catch percentage in James Bradbury's coverage and even bigger plays, seven touchdowns allowed for James Bradbury. He had a really good pick actually last week, uh, which I think is his only interception of the season and um, seven pass breakups as well for James Bradbury. I don't have the same numbers on the 49ers DBs, but uh, there are certainly better numbers than that. What do you think about the the secondary 49ers kind of no name secondary or the bigger name secondary that might not be playing up to their name in Philadelphia? Debo Samuel got killed in the offseason for saying James Bradbury was not good. And people he can he, he didn't say he wasn't good. He said he was trash. Yeah. <laughs> Debo said he was trash. I won't go. I won't go that far. But this is a guy that, you know, had an all-pro year. He was really good when he was on the Giants. So I think it is, like, somewhat surprising to see him have, you know, this kind of a down year. Uh, when it comes to Darius Slay, though, well, first of all, between the two, if I had to target one, I would target Bradbury over Slay. Yes. Slay can't make you pay. And if you're off, because he does a really good job of playing off coverage and anticipating route concepts, if you're off or you're late, and we saw, you know, our quarterback can, you know, he's prone to do that in, in the conditions that they might be playing in. He will make you play. Next thing you know, you're watching him running to the end zone. So uh, Darius Slay is a guy who definitely is a playmaker. You don't want him to uh, be that playmaker against you. I attack him if if the scheme presents itself and the opportunities presents itself. But I would maybe make it a focal point to go after Bradbury. Now that still hasn't been Kyle. I think Kyle just runs his scheme, and Brock, you find the answers. So I don't think that Brock or Kyle will shy away from anyone. It's just going to be, this is our scheme. This is how we want to attack them this week. It might be Kittle this week, or it might be Debo. It might be Ayuk. We'll find that out on game time. So I saw some people asking some fantasy questions or some prize pick questions in the chat. I said I'm staying away from 49ers receivers and pass catchers because I just, outside of Christian McCaffrey, stay away from them. But we don't know who he's going to scheme this game for. I would like to see him scheme it for maybe Ayuk at Bradbury and test their luck with that, uh, especially down the field if he's giving up those big plays. And that was what Debo referenced when he was talking about Bradbury being trash because Ayuk on the play that that uh, that Brock Purdy got hurt, Ayuk had him beat. He had him he had him completely roasted, and Brock didn't get the ball out in time. Got hit. Um, and and so yeah, that's uh, we get to see some things with that we did not get to see in January. Hopefully on Sunday, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's hard with the prize picks with 49ers receivers because someone's gonna eat. You just never know week to week which guy it's gonna be. I'd probably lean toward Debo and uh, and and Ayuk in this one for the 49ers offense. We'll see. And I mean, you can never count out the uh, the touchdown machine that is Christian McCaffrey either. Zach Ertz asked for his release has been waived by the Arizona Cardinals. Croc. Do the 49ers claim him? Do the 49ers try to sign him if he slides through waivers? Do you think the Dallas Cowboys maybe try to get in there and claim him before he gets to either the 49ers? Or probably most likely, I think the landing spot for Zach Ertz is probably the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas Goddard is hurt, and I don't know if anybody wants to pick up the remainder of Zach Ertz's salary. He's got an $8 million salary next year. Now, much like Randy Gregory, He's going to get cut by the 49ers, or, or that salary is going to be, get completely washed away. I'm sure. Um, you could just you could still claim him and then cut him, and, and not really have that salary on the books for next year with Zach Ertz. And I think it's a prorated portion of whatever that eight million is left this year. So two, three, four million dollars less than four. So we're like two and a half million dollars. I think it is um, for Zach Ertz the rest of this year. My guess is he gets claimed, but 
What do you think about Zach Ertz on the Niners? And is he even a player you'd be worth trying to block to another team? Uh, not block, definitely. But when you look at the 49ers, do you have a solidified tight end too? And I think Zach Ertz, as a veteran, someone who definitely could step into that role and be that. You don't need him to be George Kittle. But can he be a guy that just plays off of George Kittle? We watched Jordan Reed. I want to say he maybe retired then came back to the NFL or whatever. But however, Jordan Reed ended up on the 49ers. I think he was a really good tight end two option. Unfortunately, he had to end up being tight end one and then he got hurt. Uh, But George Kittle was hurt that year. If George Kittle can play and continue his role and Ertz can come in and be your tight end two and kind of move around the formations and do those things, I think it'd be a, a really good sign. I saw some. 49 fans pushing back on that on social media. I'm like, hold on. It's not like you got uh, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski out, Gronkowski out there. Like, you could use a legit tight end, too. At the very least, someone that has been in big moments, has played well at a high level, even if he's still kind of a shell of himself, I think he's better than the options the 49ers have at tight end, too, right now. Yeah, he's even somebody we talked about at the trade deadline that was potentially going to be available. You can get him for free right now. Uh, just got to pay a little bit of salary, and uh, and we'll see. I, I have a feeling he'll end up in Philly, and I don't think he will get claimed because of because uh, of the salary. And and he probably will. He's probably telling teams right now. His agent is don't claim don't claim him because he's trying to go to a certain place. So I don't know. We'll see if that ends up happening. I to be honest with you, I think the Cowboys would be more likely to do the block move. That'd be more of a Jerry Jones move. They're going to play the Eagles. They probably want to keep him away from the 49ers too, potentially, and probably know that he's not going to end up there if he did clear if they wanted him. So maybe look out for Dark Horse Dallas Cowboys throwing in a claim on on Zach Ertz if anybody does. Um, I, think, I think they can actually yeah. use him too. I mean, I, Ferguson has been playing well, but you know, I think they could use him. But definitely Philly, since Goddard went down, yeah. uh, and I'm not very familiar. I'm not going to act like I'm super familiar with whoever uh, Philly's tight end two is. It definitely seems like a team that's like, hey, I mean, you, you've been here. Right. You, know, you understand what we're doing, how it works, and welcome back to Philly. I could see that. So and, uh, yeah, Dallas could definitely try to block that. It's a little curious, too, because the Eagles because the, the Eagles lose their tight end, gets hurt, and then and then uh, Zach Ertz is like, hey, can you guys cut me? You know, <laughs> you know I think there might be a little wink-wink uh, handshake going, uh, going on behind the scenes here. Uh, speaking of wink, prediction time. What do you think? Croc, how do you see this one going on Sunday? Well, I'm going to have to go against our guy, Nicholas Winkler, who predicted the 49ers lose. And again, his predictions have been 100% correct from preseason. From preseason. We are talking about a guy who we thought was crazy. He said the 49ers would win five straight games, then they lose three straight, then they win a couple, then they would lose to Philly. But he also had the 49ers going to the Super Bowl and winning it. But – Gosh, the, the, just I'm so amped up for this game and excited to see just really good football from from these two terrific teams. That man, I just would love to see the 49ers just like just sock it to them real quick. A, a, a team that's you know they're coming in, they're riding on their high horse as they should. They they knocked off the 49ers last year, dominated them in the conference championship game. You should be on your high horse, but you got to shut them up, right? You, you got you have to even if you. 49ers are crying. Okay, whatever. 49ers are crying about the game. Fans cried about the game. They wish Brock Purdy played. I get it. But still, shut them up. So uh, I got the 49ers winning this game. I feel, I've been feeling more and more confident throughout the week. Almost felt like when the 49ers had to go and play or Dallas Cowboys went and played the 49ers where throughout the week, I'm just like, I think 49ers going to kick Dallas Cowboys' ass. 
I'm starting to have that kind of feeling for the 49ers against Philadelphia Eagles. The, the more the week goes on, the more confident I am. Uh, I'm picturing the 49ers in in uh, in 2023 49ers style going down. They've been so good on those opening drives, drive right down the field, put up some points, uh, get a quick three and out, field position game now, go down uh, another score. Now you're up 10-0 early, play your game, play the field position game. You can run, you can throw, uh, and then you can kind of lean on that team and, and – uh, and and go win it in the second half. So uh, I like the 49ers. I'm going 49ers by six against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday and keeping that one seed dream alive in 2023. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today and making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, we will be here for you right after the game, going live and breaking down everything we see from 49ers-Eagles Sunday. And if you're going to the link, be safe out there and, and watch out for batteries. All right. Talk to you next time right here, Locked On 49ers.